Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have Maureen Vincenti here today from transformativewellbeing.org. She is a certified holistic health coach, a personal trainer, a functional nutritionist, and she has over 15 years of experience, basically not only with people, but researching all there is to know about health, fitness, nutrition, and preventative well-being. She's really passionate about the role that nutrition and movement play in health and has really dedicated her life to help people And she has her own story, like a lot of us, that leads us into this, and we'll get into that. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Elle. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, everyone. Yeah, it was really fun to talk with you about thyroid and when you were doing a a summit uh, a few months ago, and we've met since in Malibu a couple times and just really hit it off. And I just love what you're doing, but I'd love you to share with the audience before we get into your work how you got into this, because it's a harsh story that sort of ignited this journey. Yeah. So it all kind of started, I mean, I've always really been super nerd and loved researching and chasing everything kind of down a rabbit hole of 20 questions and went to UCLA and was just bouncing around from science major to science major, like animal biology, astrophysics, uh, microbiology, molecular genetics. And while I was on probably major number four, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. And it came as such a surprise to all of us in the family because she was never weighed more than 120 pounds, was just super active, kind of the you know epitome of what we thought was healthy at the time, very active flight attendant. There's longevity on both sides of my family. And so when she had the genetic testing done and it came back negative, I wasn't surprised, but at the same point, I was very determined to figure out what environmentally contributed to her getting sick. And if there's anything that I could do to help her from a like lifestyle standpoint, unfortunately, I didn't learn enough um, at the time to help her. And I don't know if she was maybe too far along to be helped. And she did end up passing away four years later but it really just ignited this passion in me to not only change the way I live for my own health and well-being, but to really do what I can to help those I love and care about change their potential for avoiding chronic disease and illness and cancer and all these other things. Um, Additionally, in my late 20s, I was diagnosed with several different autoimmune diseases and kind of ran into dead ends with conventional medicine, as I know you you did as well, Elle. And was told there's really nothing that I could do except for take these medications and basically wait to and to get sicker and sicker, in which case they might need to up my meds. And I thought, you know what? I kind of called BS on that. I know enough about the human body at this point to know that there's at least things I can do from a nutrition and lifestyle standpoint in conjunction with maybe conventional treatment, um, but not just like I have to sit back and, and not be a participant in my own recovery or well-being at all. So that just continued to help me chase more research down the rabbit hole for autoimmunity and leaky gut. And I found the primal and paleo lifestyle and kind of the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, you really, you really did such a full force, like, you know, multi-prong approach to everything. Let's go back to your mom for a second. And now, 
there's no woulda, coulda, shouldas. We don't know if she ate Pop-Tarts every day, if that would have made a difference. There might be someone who lives till 80, eating Pop-Tarts, okay? But but let's just look at the things that you were like, hmm, because one of the things you mentioned to me at one point was the potential of just working in airports around all the jet engine fuel and the enclosed spaces and things like that. And tell us a little bit about, because you said, you know, she seemed like the pillar of health. She never weighed more than 120 pounds. But what was her diet and like, you know, tell us what was going on there. Well, she's definitely a product of, of kind of the common, you know, mythologies or belief systems around weight management and health, definitely in like the late 80s, early 90s. Because I remember she prided herself on being a vegetarian. I remember she walked five miles every morning. She only had fruit before breakfast. She did food combining. We drank tons of diet soda in the house. I mean, I you know never any regular soda because of sugar, but diet soda. So just tons of aspartame and artificial sweeteners and the little snack wells, 100 calorie snack packs and, um, you know, things like that. Margarine instead of butter, low fat, low cholesterol. Uh, so definitely probably from a food standpoint with artificial sweeteners and the industrial seed oils and sugars and refined foods and very heavy grain and dairy dominant and all that stuff. But then you know, additionally, there have been some very interesting cancer cluster research studies done on flight crew. And they believe that pilots and flight attendants and people that spend a lot of time in airplanes are a higher risk of developing a lot of different types of cancer because of the um, increased exposure to solar radiation up at the thinner layers of the atmosphere. Mm. So, you know, like anything else, it's probably a combination of many of these things sure. that must have contributed to her getting sick. Uh, and who really, I mean, who really knows? But right. all I know is that I thought, okay, at least we can control what we put into our body and kind of lifestyle choices. And that's all we can control. And so that's really where my focus has been helping people learn how to, from a nutrition and lifestyle standpoint, take control of what they can control. And then, yeah, there is a bunch of stuff that we're kind of, you know, left to the mercy of the gods, so to speak. But at least you don't end up, you know, getting a diagnosis of something, wondering what if I ate differently or moved differently or, you know, manage stress differently. You know that you can rest assured, hey, I did everything I knew to do at the time and I have peace with it. Yeah. Tell us about your personal journey. What were, what led you to primal paleo or even learning about it? You know, I, um, I was vegan for five years and I, I indirectly became vegan and, and there's a lot of convincing arguments out there with, you know, forks over knives and some of those documentaries. <laughs> I'm and laughing about that documentary right now. For someone that doesn't, you know, it's just getting exposed I mean, and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, you watch a documentary and think, Oh, it makes sense. You know? Um, but really from like a moral standpoint and a sustainability standpoint for, for some reason, one day just meat grossed me out so much. And I thought I was getting sick. I couldn't eat the food I prepared. And then, you know, I had to go to Whole Foods that day and go to the salad bar and throw my lunch away. And the same thing happened again the next day, the next day. And then kind of the perfect storm of events, I saw a document and I saw Forks Over Knives that same weekend. And I was like, huh, okay, well, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to be vegetarian or vegan, whatever. I better figure out how to do this. And I think that that single-handedly probably put fuel onto my autoimmunity <laughs> for coming in. Right. Cause of the grains and all the, yeah. even though I was eating organic and whole foods, you know, I wasn't like an Oreo cookie goldfish vegan, but, um, you know, yeah, it was very grain dominant, very gluten dominant. Uh, you know, and it probably just absolutely destroyed my gut. 
and really just accelerated a lot of my symptoms. And I developed all sorts of other symptoms. I had all these symptoms that I always thought in isolation were not connected. And I would go to doctors, but because all my blood work was normal, like I'd say, I have a really weird thing where I swear I gained 10 pounds of water weight overnight. Oh, that just happens to some people, right? My body temperature was always 97 growing up. I remember passing out all the time in my room every time I stood up too quickly. Low blood pressure, low resting heart rate. But then, of course, you go to the doctor like, wow, you're the epitome of health. Your blood pressure is super low, low resting heart rate, you know, because you're an athlete. Um, you know, digestive issues started getting worse as I got older, uh, had crazy periods, irregular hormones. I started developing all sorts of food intolerances, becoming very allergic to things, started having histamine intolerance. Again, all these things were kind of going on with my body and I go to the doctor and they'd run all my lab work, run all my blood work, run my thyroid panel. Everything's normal. You're fine. It wasn't until in my late twenties, one endocrinologist decided to run a full, full thyroid panel. And I tested positive for TPO antibodies. And she was like, huh, you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I said, I have what? And she said, but your thyroid's still functioning normally. So there's nothing we can do. We'll just wait till your thyroid starts to attack itself and put you on meds oh. and then use the dose over time and then remove your thyroid and you're good to go. So, uh, okay. Let me stop right there and just take a look at how messed up that assessment is. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's like just telling someone like, well, you have rheumatoid arthritis and uh, you end up in a wheelchair and, you know, take these meds. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone listening just knows to get five different opinions <laughs> if someone tells you something like that. Um, and also, I mean, like, here's the thing. Impressed that she actually tested you for Hodgkin's, but her answer to it was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She actually took it one step further than most conventionally trained doctors are willing to do, which is great. And then, so at that point, that's when I was just like, I need to figure this out. I need to be my own advocate. I really just started researching more and more and more. And then of course came across recommendations on how to treat autoimmunity and really dove into AIP protocol and paleo and primal sort of community. And, you know, just thought, okay, well, I had been fantasizing about red meat for like a year. <laughs> anyway, my body had been trying to tell me the whole time. It just took me a while emotionally to kind of wrap my brain around eating meat again. And then when I did, it was just like, I instantaneously almost felt so much better. And then I really just, I remember Mark Sisson, you know, reading one of his books where he was convinced that he was one of the people that could tolerate grains. And it wasn't until he gave up grains and he realized how much better he felt from a performance standpoint, from a recovery standpoint, from an energy standpoint. So I was kind of one of those people as well. I thought, well, I know grains are bad for like most people, but I'm one of those because I wasn't overweight. I was active um, and I was blown away. I, I lost 10 pounds in two weeks and I didn't think I had any weight to lose. And I was just like, wow, was I inflamed, you know, and just really yes. hanging on to all of this water. My body was really just, you know, in a state of defense, um, trying to prevent the autoimmunity that was going on from the gluten and the grains. And so, yeah, I... I went primal 100%. It was really easy for me to do, and I felt better instantaneously. And you know, I've just been really passionate about. And I was also diagnosed with, you know, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. I actually think I may be celiac, but there's really no point in testing me for it because I avoid gluten like the plague. So that's what my functional practitioner said. He's like, "Is your is your treatment going to change if you are? You're still going to avoid gluten, and you know, you have to eat gluten again in order to take the celiac test." And I was like, "No way, I'm good." 
you know, we'll just assume that I should never eat gluten again. We'll just, we'll just act like it. Yeah. We'll just act as if and move forward. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, I, and also was diagnosed with Wilson's temperature syndrome. So basically three different versions of autoimmunity, but you know, pretty much in remission when I'm able to follow a, a primal template and, you know, with technology out there and all of these amazing books and, and leaders on the internet and podcasts and information out there and products. It's so easy. I travel all the time. I have no problem implementing this lifestyle wherever I go. Um, I love it. And it has completely transformed my health and well-being. And it's what I help people do as well in their lives. So I love it. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's just great to take a health problem, turn it around and, and use it for good and to inspire others. Let's oh, so you do. Let's just touch on your thyroid thing for a minute, because you are one of the rare people like me um, who uh, rarer who take T3 only, who, who know T4, Synthroid or a combination of work for. So can you just tell us about like where you started with the treatment of thyroid and then like how you got to the T3? Yeah. So another interesting thing about my, my thyroid journey, my Hashimoto's. So when I was finally open to the fact that, cause I tried, um, I was, re- I was resistant to try thyroid replacement, um, or supplementation, I guess for a while because I thought, no, no, I can fix this on my own. I can completely redo my thyroid levels and reduce my antibodies and feel optimized just from nutrition and lifestyle. And I think I'd made some pretty good headway, but it wasn't until I was really open to experimenting with seeing how much better I could feel if I did take a little bit. And a friend of mine at the time who was a, a veterinarian actually, and she had some T3 and T4. And she was saying, you know, why don't you just try some of mine just for a little bit, a couple days, see if you feel any better. If you don't, don't worry about it. If you do go back to my endocrinologist and let her know to run a pan, just see if, you know, you can get a a prescription. And I said, okay. So I took some, and I knew from looking at my labs, I mean, I, I had plenty of my TSH levels were normal. My T4 was almost on the higher range but my T3 was super, super low. And so I just thought, why am I going to take T4 if I have enough T4? And she had both. So she's like, just take the T3. It's the active version. I think that would be better for you. So it was just like a godsend drug to me. I remember talking to her two days later. I'm like, oh my gosh, can this make me happy? She's like, of course, the thyroid controls everything because I had been put on antidepressants four different times in my life. And of course they felt a little bit better on the Prozac, but I never realized again, I was just having the symptom be treated and it wasn't the root cause. It's like my thyroid and low functioning thyroid was the root cause of my digestive issues, of all these other things, of my low core body temperature, of my kind of low mood and depression and, you know, lack of connection to things that I enjoyed doing. And so it was like when I had more active T3 flowing through my body and everything in my body just started to finally up level and function the way that it was supposed to. It was almost like I just got turned back on again to life. Sometimes you don't realize how much of yourself you lose, you know, until you get it back and you're just like, Oh my gosh. And then, so what happened was I was running out of her T3 and was like, I need to get a legal prescription for this. So I had Kaiser at the time and I just was, finding so many dead ends with them and they didn't want to prescribe me T3. They just wanted to prescribe me T4. And I gave my argument for all the research I did. And they were just like, Oh, we, we're not going to prescribe T3. It's like speed, you know? And I was just like, what? And you need to go on T4 only. 
and, you know, wean you off the T3. So he did. And I was trying to be open. I'm like, okay, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to just completely treat myself. I did my research, but you know, they're arguing with me. I came with my evidence and this is what they want to do. So I tried it within two weeks. I was so crazy, emotionally sobbing one minute laughing an hour later, I just felt so off and I didn't know why. And then I asked those around me if they had noticed a difference in my behavior. And they said, you've been kind of like a little off, you know, the last couple of weeks. And I was just trying to figure out why. And I thought, you know what? The only thing that I changed was I went off my T3 and I went on D4. So I called the endocrinologist back and I said, this is making me emotionally crazy. This is not a good fit for me. I know my body. And he said, no, no, no. Uh, maybe you weaned off the T3 too quickly, stay on the T4, just go up a little bit on the T3. So I did that, still didn't work. And I just thought, you know what? No, I'm going to go find another endocrinologist and get a second opinion. So I went to the endocrinologist that my friend saw and she said, you've done the research from what I know. I have zero problem prescribing you T3 only. Um, and if that's what's working for you, we'll just continue to rerun your labs every few months. And if the numbers look good, like I don't see any harm in treating you that way based on your labs. And I was just like, oh, thank God, finally. What a wonderful endocrinologist out there. That's a that's a good endocrinologist. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically my kind of journey with the thyroid medication. And I have been on T3 only. Um, and it works very, very well for me. And it has been total game changer that in conjunction with my paleo and primal nutrition and lifestyle changes has really helped me live a full, healthy, happy, optimized life. Yeah. Um, I want to, uh, get into one topic on this thyroid thing with you. It's interesting. I was chatting with a friend about the other day, you kind of touched on it, but before I do that, T3 is not speed people. And it's also like, if you take it, it's not going to like pep you up as if like a cup of coffee, it will wake up your brain if you're hypo and brain fog. And then that does feel like you got a little bit of something, but that's just going from crap to normal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, but you know, doctors are so afraid of it because of the way it affects heart rate and they feel like, you know, Oh, I don't want to give this patient a heart attack. And you know, you'd have to give a patient so much. And if you do it right and do it conservatively, it can be a real godsend and it does make you happy. I've had people who've done the same experiment you have where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to try a little bit of T3 for a few days and see what happens. And they take very minimal amounts and 48 hours later, they're like, yeah, I, I'll get a call. Like, does this shit make you happy? And I'm like, it does. And it's not that it's falsely like uh, making you happy. It's because we have more T3 receptors in our brain than anywhere else. And they treat depression with T3, you know? So, so yes. And then also your gut can't heal without it. Right. So I just want to get into this topic because it's an interesting thing where some people are at a point where you were, where you're like, no, I don't want to take the medication. I just want to keep trying naturally because stuff is good. Now, this is an interesting philosophical discussion I've had with people where it's like, all right, but here's the thing. It's chicken and egg. Your gut and adrenals won't heal until the thyroid got better. How long have you been sick? How long are you willing to wait? Are you even able to repair these things that are going on unless you get up? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's a fine line. And I, there's no right or wrong here about what people choose, but it is something to consider because if you've been undiagnosed or sick or hypo for a while and gone through this effery like we have, you get to a point where you actually kind of, things are so far gone that your thyroid can't get back in naturally. And you, you know, it does not to say you have to be on thyroid hormones forever, but it's, it's about how better do you want to heal and how quickly. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, cause I know I've done that dance and you've done that dance 
And then we both chose one route. And I'm not saying to people to choose the medication route, but it's, if you have someone that's trying to treat your adrenals for two effing years and nothing's getting better and they're trying to fix the thyroid that way, you know, you may want to consider, right? Do you see where I'm going with this topic? Because it's an interesting place to be and there's no right or wrong. It's just a philosophical weird thing. Yeah. I have one client in particular right now who I've been working with for over a year and she's amazing. And we just have not had kind of the progress with some of this stubborn weight loss that, you know, we would like. And so I kept thinking, you know, potentially there's some underlying thyroid stuff going on. And I sent her to a functional medical practitioner that I really love. And he's awesome. He is kind of the best of both worlds. He's an MD, but he also went back and got functionally trained and he takes insurance. So he's like, tell, tell us who he is right now. So people yeah, can he's reach out. Dr. Gabriel Niles. He's currently working at a St. Joseph's medical center in Playa Vista. Um, he's, okay, he's like right. a unicorn of the medical community doing all these things. And so I send so many of my clients his way and luckily he's, he just joined this practice not too long ago. So I was like, you need to let me know when you're at full capacity and we need to find more of you because I have sent probably no less than 20 people to him in the last couple months. But you know, anytime anyone has any sort of symptoms that resonate with mine, I just said, let's go, go get checked by a doctor, go get a full thyroid panel. And then some people have resistance towards being on medication. And depending on where your numbers are, you might not need them. But what if you feel more optimized? And what I just say is like, look, if they're willing to give you a prescription and they think it might be beneficial, just try it out. If you don't feel any better in 30 or 60 days, I mean, what's the harm in trying something? But what if you did? Same thing with a lot of these nutrition and lifestyle changes. Like it can be a lot to ask you to change the way you've been doing things for decades but if the end result of you making these changes is that you feel and look the way that you've been longing to for so long, that's all that matters. And that in and of itself becomes the motivation to keep going once you start feeling better or losing the weight or no longer being depressed or digestion's getting better. So, you know, I think for not, not for everyone is medication the right solution, but for those that benefit from it, it is really, really, really a kind of a game changer. Yeah. And so there's like situations too, like I'll just name a couple. Like, so let's say you have a bunch of silver fillings in your mouth and you have high mercury or one or the other. They don't have to be related. They could be from a life of eating fish, whatever. Let's say you have high mercury. Okay. So you can take the time to detox that, et cetera. But how well are you going to detox if you don't have good T3? You know what I mean? It's chicken and egg and it's a call that just you have to make at a certain point. And you just got to go with your gut because one is going to end up being the right answer. You either go further down the natural route and that works or you go the medication route and that'll work. And then you can always try getting off it once you've repaired the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like making yourself non-hypo so that you can fix all the stuff that went wrong. And then at that point, you can evaluate. Now I have a great primordial baseline. Everything's good. Now maybe I can try to work with a doctor and wean off of this and see if my own thyroid kicks back in. That's always an option. So I just wanted to throw out those options and just that there's no right or wrong, but you have to go with what you're feeling because how long are you willing to suffer, right? To, to, to wait. Yeah. Awesome. I totally agree. And we just, I think with all of this, which you're so good at doing Al, and inspiring others to do is to really just be your own advocate and do the research. Like if you get diagnosed with something, it is your due diligence to really understand what that diagnosis means and what's going on with your body. And if you are getting prescribed medication, how that medication is working or how food makes you feel positive or negative. Like I think so often we just entrust 
so many of these professionals and kind of check out like, oh, well, this is just what my attorney said or my mechanic or my doctor, you know, we just kind of leave it at that and take their word for it. And look, at the end of the day, in an ideal world, it would be great to be able to completely trust these people and never have to be our own advocate or, or just assume that they're going to make mistakes or they're wrong. But look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. People do the best that they can based on how they've been trained and their experience, which might not be what you need to hear or in alignment with, you know, what's going on with you. So it's always good to get second opinions, to be your own advocate, to empower yourself through education and research and to just really understand what's going on with your own body. Yeah. And I want to point out just the part of you that is so science geeky and awesome and why people should choose you as a coach, because you have a level of understanding some of these things on it that I don't, you know, there are just people that have, you know, you have like an engineer's mind, you know, which, which people might be like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause you know, again, you're like this pretty chick, you're in the health industry. People might not, uh, realize that like you've been embedded, heavily embedded in some scientific, uh, forays in your life. So I just want to point that out. And I know you mentioned a few things at the beginning, but can you tell us of some of your awesome science geeky, forays that you've been a part of over these years. I mean, you like, you mentioned, you threw it away earlier. Like that was my fourth major. I was like, you know what? People don't have four majors. Like that's. Uh, yeah, no, I had seven and legit UCLA kicked me out because I exceeded my max units by about 80. And they were like, you're done. You're not allowed to switch anymore. You can't take any more electives and nothing outside of the scope of this current, you know, degree in order to graduate. I probably would still be there switching. And, um, <laughs> Because I, I love it. I get bored easily. So it's just like, okay, cool. This satisfied my curiosity, like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And so I was animal biology. Then I was molecular biology, immunology, and uh, molecular genetics. Then I was evolution, ecology, and biology. Then I was astrophysics. Then I was biology. Then I was organic chemistry. And then I actually graduated with my BS in geology and did work at refineries for a while with hard hat and steel toed boots and a bunch of drillers. <laughs> so, um, awesome. and I was a zookeeper at the zoo for a couple of years when I was, you know, wanting to be a vet, put all my hours in. So again, always a science, like super nerdy and dorky in terms of just wanting to research everything. I remember being six years old and sitting in my room and being freaked out when I was trying to think about how space got all the space to keep going on forever. Like normal kids were out playing with sticks and eating dirt. And I was just like, I don't understand. I need to understand. And you know, it's funny. That was me too. But I went the other route, which was philosophy to, uh, you know, which is funny because that's such a popular dual major is physics and philosophy, or, or basically they're both the same thing. They're, they're wanting the same answers going about things in different ways, but it's the same kind of quest of like, what is this? (laughs) What is this? I need to know why. (laughs) I need to know why. Um, tell us about some of the awesome, like 180, um, health stories, uh, that have, you know, of your clients and people who've done your coaching programs, um, because those are always so inspiring. Well, my, honestly, my favorite thing. So kind of how my process works is I do free consultations with people. And then I have four digital intake forms that I make everyone fill out before I kind of design a customized three month engagement with them. And one of those intake forms is a symptom tracker. 
And I just kind of get baseline symptoms of what those people are experiencing. Cause I think so many people are so out of touch with their body. They don't even realize what's going on with them because they get just so used to being a certain way. So used to the afternoon headaches, so used to the digestive issues, so used to the allergies or the asthma or whatever. And so they may come to me because they want to lose 20 or 30 pounds. And I say, what else is going on with you? Nah, nothing pretty healthy. And then when I see the symptom tracker, it's like, they are ranking so high on hormonal issues and sleep problems and digestive issues. So I just say, look, I don't want to promise anything, but I guarantee after implementing this new nutritional protocol and making some lifestyle changes and us focusing on sleep hygiene and stress management, you'll probably see a huge improvement in a lot of these things. And so sure enough, usually always three, two, three weeks in, I love getting these random calls and texts where people are just like, Oh my gosh, I just realized that like my gout that has been a big problem for me isn't bothering me anymore or my hip that's been bugging me for like the last 10 years and they've had to do cortisol injections into it. Like how come that's not hurting anymore? Or I just realized I haven't taken my Claritin that I've been taking religiously for the last two decades. How is it that eating this way is getting rid of my hay fever? You know, and that's, always- <laughs> and that's where your science answer comes in. That's why you're a great coach because you can really explain it on on some deep levels in layman's terms. It's just so fun, even though I know scientifically how life-changing this really is, and I've experienced it with myself, it never, um, it always kind of blows me away when I have a client just go, wow, you really changed my life. I'm like, huh, in three months, get out of here. But um, you know, that's really the power of the human body and how quickly the body can truly heal itself from the inside out when we give it the environment that it needs to do so. And we just unfortunately with our lifestyle and kind of the standard American diet are constantly getting in the way of that and sabotaging it. You know, just like if you have a cut, you don't really need to do anything to tell your finger to heal that paper cut. You may put a bandaid on it to prevent it from burning or things getting in it. But within a couple of weeks, you don't even know you have the cut anymore. And the body is really able to do a lot of that with reversing chronic diseases and inflammation as long as we provide the environment in which it can do that. It's constantly desiring to seek homeostasis and to heal itself from the inside out. And once it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing how quickly it can do that too. That's what's always amazing to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, happened yesterday. Uh, not a not a thank you, but a, oh, someone the light bulb went off with a friend. So I have a friend who uh, from high school. You know, like an old best friend. But you know, you they live. You know, you, you catch up. It's like no time has gone by. But you know, um, uh, I hadn't talked to her in a while. I, she's she's a, sh- a really well known chef, and so I and I knew she had struggled with rheumatoid arthritis issues in the past. And I when I learned about grains and I learned about you know autoimmune. I had the thought of like, I should call her, you know, I, I should call her and tell her so that she can help herself. But I actually, honestly, even though I am who I am doing what I'm doing, I, I was like, you know what? She's a chef, man. She's never going to listen to me. Like she's just never going to hear this. I just, I just, I don't know. It's probably a wasted phone call. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, no, turns out she called me and then like said, Hey, there's a famous chef named Seamus Mullen. I guess everyone can look him out there if you've got rheumatoid arthritis. He cured his rheumatoid arthritis, meaning it's not even on his blood work anymore, like that he's positive for it, all through, you know, the stuff we're talking about. And she had spoken with him, and of course he's a chef, so she's going to trust even more that personal story from him. And she was just told recently by a doctor that she said she can't walk. She can like go to the bathroom, whatever, but she can't go for a walk. And the doctor's basically like, you're going to be in a wheelchair. She's got untreated 
Hashi, poorly treated Synthroid BS Hashimoto's, it turns out, and rheumatoid arthritis. And the doctor just said, well, take these drugs and, you know, you're just going to end up in a wheelchair. And literally, this was the call yesterday. And you could tell, though, the hope, and that's why I'm saying this story for people out there with autoimmune issues, particularly ones that are debilitating. Look up that guy, Seamus Mullen, because, you know, even chefs are discovering, right? Like, oh, God, food is medicine. You know, you, we can't F around either. And now it's like her mission. And so it's just going to keep growing. And I would say, too, not that I, if I would have called her a couple years ago, she would have heard me then, but maybe. So there's a part of me that's like, you know what? If you feel inspired, give one shout out on it to people you know that are suffering. And it may backfire, but at least you feel like you did your thing. But, you know, timing is everything with how people come to this stuff and when they're ready to wake up. And it's really, really possible. It's so possible. And um, it doesn't take long. And when you told the story of Mark with the grains, it wasn't, I mean, it was major. IBS ran his life. That went away. The tendonitis and all the arthritic BS from his injuries, like, dissipated. You know, I mean, it was nothing short of, you know, a miracle for him at that 30-day mark. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's like, you know, people's arthritis either dissipates or goes completely away with the nutrition changes, you know. You know, digestive issues start to heal immediately, like, oh my gosh, I'm not all bloated afterwards anymore, or gassy and this. And look, there's some people that have a lot more gut damage that require a more strict elimination protocol or some supplements to truly heal the gut lining if they do have maybe autoimmunity or um, leaky gut or some other things going on. But they'll still feel a lot better in a very short period of time. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really incredible. Blood work, that's another really cool thing. I have a lot of clients that have baseline blood work and labs and lipid profiles, and then they go get retested after three months. And they're always blown away with just the amount that their lipid profile changes and their H1AC, and they can go easily from being diabetic or you know type 2 diabetic to pre-diabetic to having no blood sugar issues anymore at all. I've had people within a month go from 160 over 120 in blood pressure to like 120 over 70. Um, really just cool stuff. Yeah. You know, since we're both people that have suffered from thyroid stuff and you mentioned this as someone who like, uh, you know, someone who's out there that might be like, Oh, well, you know, getting used to that afternoon headache, like you mentioned, just want to throw out there that migraines and headaches are absolutely thyroid related completely. If you're out there and you just feel like, Oh, I'm just a person who's always had headaches and migraines. Mm are you, <laughs> you know, uh, I would say that you get to the bottom of it. Cause I've seen so many, I've had people who, when they finally fix their thyroid, they're like, I'm scared to even be excited because I haven't had a migraine in like two months. So I'm not sure. And I'm like, no, no, this is real. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. So headaches. And then there's, um, you know, any kind of gut stuff, right. Um, I'd love you to talk a little bit about your personal experience with autoimmune paleo, while we can't go through the entire protocol and all the variations of those protocols that there are, can you mention a few things? I mean, other than the obvious things, you know, we know that's going to be a, a, a real clean out, simple situation. And, you know, autoimmune protocol is pretty strict, but there are some people that experience like a specific things like, Oh, I've noticed for me that, you know, paprika seasoning, like anything with red, you know, there. So I was just wondering, have you noticed any of those kind of things specifically for you that were like kind of outliers, randoms that, you know, one might not think for me, I think what really, and I've, I've, I've noticed this with a lot of people with autoimmunity and leaky gut. Um, I tended to react to a lot of foods that some were nightshades, but most of them, what I boiled it down to were foods that are high in histamines. So 
cinnamon. I used to think I was allergic to cinnamon for a six month period of time. I didn't know what was causing it. And this was before I even knew I had my autoimmune diagnosis. And I, the one thing in my life at the time I was still eating grains and you know, all that stuff. Like this was like 10 years ago, but I knew that I needed to get off Splenda. That was kind of like my one thing that I knew based on the information I had at the time that wasn't good for me. And so cinnamon has a natural sweetness. So what I did was I replaced my Splenda use in my protein shake, in my yogurt, in my oatmeal with cinnamon. And so I was eating a ton of cinnamon. Um, and so I, but I didn't know it at the time, all of a sudden my eyes, like for six months, no jokes, I still was eating cinnamon were burning and bubbling shut. I spent thousands of dollars. I went to the doctors, I went to the dermatologist, I redid my whole skincare line, stopped using my makeup, stopped wearing nail polish. Thank God I didn't actually get rid of my cats. The dermatologist was convinced that I was allergic to my cats. And I finally just was like quiet with myself. And I was like, this is something I'm eating. I know my body. And I tried to remove this and remove this and remove this. And finally, one day it dawned on me, literally intuition kicked in. And I thought, oh, you know what? My eyes feel like cinnamon, like they're burning. And like, <laughs> yeah, oh, God. so I cut the cinnamon out within three days. I was totally normal again. And then I didn't realize how much cinnamon was in everything at the time. And so I was so sensitive to it, hypersensitive at that point. If I had one sip of an herbal tea that had cinnamon in it with 10 different herbs, my eyes would instantly bubble shut and get like that for three days. So I started automatically checking labels and this, and I thought it was a cinnamon allergy. But then I realized I... I would react and I thought I'm not eating cinnamon, but then it was kombucha and then it was vinegar and then it was, um, you know, other fermented foods. And so I did more research and I came across histamine intolerance and I thought, huh, cinnamon has more histamines in it per weight per food than any other food. So that's what it was. And once I started healing the gut more, um, you know, that kind of went away. So more than anything else, I'm histamine intolerant, but in terms of the autoimmune protocol, I have noticed that, thank gosh, I can handle eggs because I love eggs. I eat 10 eggs a day sometimes, so I'm lucky that that's not an issue for me. Yeah, that's a thing I've noticed with people with autoimmune stuff, whether it's on the marker of the blood test or not. It can be a big thing, um, especially the whites. People can tolerate the yolks more so than the whites. Nuts, you know, I think depending on where I am in my gut healing journey, I think that I used to be very, very sensitive to nuts, especially almonds. And now it seems like I can tolerate some almonds or some walnuts in moderation, especially some unsweetened nut milk. Uh, there are times where I feel like I react to all nightshades and I still can't quite figure it out, especially the spicy ones. Those seem to really get me. Sometimes tomatoes are no big deal or bell peppers, but definitely like the the jalapenos and the spicy peppers, which is a bummer because I love spicy food. And I used to just really get down on hot sauce and salsas and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and, and, but recently I would say I, I tend to feel better when I'm lower carbohydrate anyway, and more towards the ketogenic scale. So that cuts out a lot of the potatoes anyway, but there are times where I will have some baked potato and I seem to be okay with it now. So that just goes to show it's called the autoimmune protocol for a reason versus a diet because you're not necessarily meant to be in that forever. It's something that is more beneficial in the beginning, especially when you're trying to get some autoimmunity or inflammation under control and really need to do some serious gut healing. And then you definitely can probably phase things back in in moderation, right? Like I, 
I eat these things once in a while, I definitely think that I would probably react or have a low threshold for these things and would expect to get symptomatic if I just started eating nothing but like nightshades and potatoes and nuts all the time. So, yeah. And I like, I love eggs, but I noticed a similar thing with me with eliminating and then reintroducing and having it be a problem. And, uh, but you know, occasionally, right. There's still something that's going to have eggs in it and you know, whatever. Um, but I, I, I'm bummed because it's such a great, you know, it's such a great, easy primal thing to go get some pastured eggs. And I, yeah, I wish I had more of a tolerance, but that was one of those things again, back to didn't realize I had a problem my whole life until, you know, and it's not on a blood test either. I can just tell you that it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't work out right with my gut when I do eggs. So yeah, no, I mean, but it's better, but then, you know, it's kind of like after a while you get like, well, I don't, you know, you kind of are like, well, F you eggs. Don't, (laughs) yeah. You kind of, kind of have to build a little bit of a wall and go, well, all right, I just gotta, (laughs) gotta move on. Um, but yeah, no, I know. I'm so glad you shared that about the cinnamon and other things, uh, the histamines. I have also noticed nightshades for me, a little eggplant will make my mouth itchy. Yeah, and, uh, buckwheat, by the way, ruins my throat. I don't know what's going on. That's in a lot of vegan stuff, right? So it's a lot of vegan granola and other things. I mean, or primal, but there's, uh, you know, paleo stuff that might have some buckwheat in it. I don't know, but that I've noticed. And then also tomatoes, um, break me out, you know, not in like cystic acne, but just, you know, some painful subterranean ones. Like, and I love tomatoes, but I, I can't overdo it. You know, I can't like get a box of like grape tomatoes and kind of snack on those. You know what I mean? I have to really, really monitor it. So yeah, some of these nightshades and things, you know, it's just a simple thing like that. Going through the autoimmune protocol, looking at these foods and going, where can I start with what I'm putting in my mouth? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. Like I always try to just encourage people to really just have fun with it, you know, have fun with it. Try not to change too much at once when you reintroduce things, because you really want to be able to kind of figure out if you do start reacting, what's causing it. So kind of just having the patience, going slow with it and just trying to have fun with it. You know, it's just like the constant experiment of one, you know, of course, uh, maybe not everyone would have fun with it. This is the scientist nerd part of me. I'm like, oh, yeah, your body's a science experiment. Ha <laughs> ha. Yay. Fun. But I'm sure not everyone. No, it's kind of, it kind of gets fun after a while. You're like, you know what? I'm already in this. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, this made me swell up like a balloon. Cross off, you know, next. So, yeah. That's good. I'm glad that you are able to tolerate those things a little bit more now. I love tomatoes. When I lived in Idaho and I took this organic farming class, we had so many different varieties of tomatoes and cherry tomatoes. And in the sun, I mean, they tasted like candy. They were so good. But you can't do it. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's let's how can we work with you? Because you've got a few ways that we can gain, you know, from your knowledge and experience and get better and and start to get on the path to, you know, wellness and transform this stuff. Yeah. So if people want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to do a free consultation. Um, I have uh, four more expert wellness coaches that work for transformative well-being that are also amazing and have great skill sets. So we will definitely look at someone who who wants some guidance. And if we're a good fit, we'll customize a program. And if not, you know, so many great resources to point people in the directions of. I also have a digital course that I'm finishing up in the next couple of months too, which is another great option for people to kind of, you know, if they're inspired to maybe take the reins a little bit more, 
um, and want to just do it via videos and tutorials and handouts and don't necessarily feel they need the one-on-one engagement with a coach to walk them through things. So definitely reach out to me, go to my website, transformativewellbeing.org or shoot me an email at transformativewellbeing at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for having me, Elle. It's great talking to you. Thank you. We'll put all of the links in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll see you soon in Malibu. Sounds good. So Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive, we're we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's f***ing the primal kitchen wilder. <laughs> it's, it's this cute thing, actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh, yeah. And uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. Which <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too per- it's so so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my gosh. So she likes like the mayo on a Oh yeah, she so she loves those sort of, we love them as well. We have uh we, we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um the avocado oil we use all the time. And and so, you know, that's completely genuine and I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the ass out of condiments. I really appreciate that. What an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish, Balance, Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch Dressing if you want. <laughs> and uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park because they're, they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz Mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> it's my pleasure.